Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, it's my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? It's game day. Dude, it's here. We get to see the Thunder play a real live game that matters, that counts in the uh, in the standings, that counts toward the tanking. All happening today. How excited. We get to watch Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Against... Center unknown. <laughs> don't you don't you have to imagine that if they were ever if they were ever debating whether to start Derek Favors, if you were going to do it, you would have to do it tonight. I mean, you can't throw Roby out there against Rudy Gobert, right? <laughs> I mean, I think you can. Yes, you actually, can. I guess you can because Go, it's not like Gobert is punishing you on the offensive end. He's like, not punishing you on the offensive end, and I mean, they're going to be just undermanned in the middle no matter what happens uh but don't you want to don't you want to honor Derek favors revenge game andrew <laughs> don't you want to honor that i don't know i don't i, I really just don't want to give them any chance <laughs> this is what i want <laughs> not that favors is gonna like completely shift the game like all oh, <laughs> the strategy that shifted the game was Derek Favors starting uh but i mean i don't know like remember the first game of last season it was like the Thunder played well and won on a yeah. Shea game-winning shot, you know? You just don't And we know. were like, well, that's not going to happen You're a like, lot. Oh, that was cute. Savor that win. Cute job, Thunder team, you know? <laughs> and they were like pretty good for a little while. So, yeah. I've, Will it be the same tonight? Yeah. The thing about this, like the Jazz are are going to be really good. I think most people have the Jazz finishing in the top three, if not like with the best record in the West. They do. That is true. That is very like conventional wisdom right now because they feel like the safest team. Like they brought everyone yeah. back. If anything, they, you know, getting rid of Derek Favors and adding Rudy Gay mm -hmm. feels like a positive mood move just because they can be a little bit more versatile. Yep. So yeah, everyone seems pretty high on the Jazz. More Rudy. They just need more Rudy. They saw the Rudy more they were Rudy's. getting. And they were saying we need to add to the Rudy on this. Team. Let's go get Rudy Fernandez. Bring him back. Are there any other Rudys in the NBA? I think that's it. I um, think they've got a hundred percent of the Rudys. Yes, I mean, I they'd have to. I mean, they just have to. Let us know in the chat if there's more Rudy's that we're not thinking of. Yeah, drop us a line if you know any more Rudy's. <laughs> uh, so tonight should be really fun. You have the the Joe Ingles, uh, Josh Giddy element, which is pretty fun. Will uh, someone uh, tweet the Spider-Man meme about Josh Giddy oh, and Joe Ingles? Okay, who's, and will it, 
let's who's it, gonna do it are there odds who's out there of who the who the first thunder fan to tweet that is <laughs> I, I could see a national person doing it actually that would require them watching the game but i could see people yeah. wanting to see the jazz uh, yeah i was gonna say i'm i'm covering like all of tonight for the athletic podcast that sounds fun and i just look at it I'm like man not sure if i'll watch the thunder game live or not <laughs> Because there's some pretty important games going on tonight. Not high on the Daily Dings priority list. It's not super for the high. listeners. <laughs> Starting off the second night of the season, the Utah Jazz played the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. They won 140 to 60. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's going to be on the table for tonight. Um, but it should. I'm, I'm anxious to watch them to see how, to see how they look. Uh, the Mitchell SGA matchup is is pretty intriguing to me uh, overall, and then let's just see how they look in the middle, you know, because it's it's going to be it's still a mystery as to what they're going to do with start the starting center position. But man, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I look I look forward to this team every year, and this is uh, this is no exception. There's there's some interesting characters on this particular team. Yeah, and the and the thing we're I think we're all very interested in is you know in the preseason didn't have Kenny Hustle, Derek Favors didn't play a ton. What do the rotations look like? Yeah, uh, who of the young guys are going to get left out or will only be playing garbage time minutes to start us off? Because yeah. you know we we got to see a lot of Trey Mann in the preseason. We got to see mm-hmm. a lot of JRE. We got to see a lot of these uh, young guys. Aaron Wiggins, uh, yeah. which of these guys are going to play any meaningful minutes? I, I think it'll be Jerry, but I, I don't know. My guess is that all those guys will play meaningful minutes. Really? Right out the gate? Maybe not Wiggins. Like Wiggins, just because he's on a two-way, maybe not. But I'd be pretty surprised if Trey Mann wasn't in the rotation. Mm. I'd be pretty surprised. Mm-hmm. They're going to play a it, well, lot of guards. Like they just have to play a lot of guards because that's all they've got on the team. But they're going to play a lot right. of guards. Yeah, they they will have to play a ton of guards. Um, yeah, I'm excited. It's been so long. Yeah. It actually hasn't. It's been like <laughs> less than ninety days or whatever. This is our third season in like a calendar year. Oh, it's been so Not long. enough, Andrew. I need more, man. Next off season, we are going to be bored as hell because it'll be the first like normal off season. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I look forward. Like to we probably won't see Thunder basketball. Well, I guess it would be the same as this year. Would, would it not be this? When, when was their last game this year? I don't even remember. In May, right? Okay, so I guess it'll be about the same. Yeah. Uh, opening night though. Opening night. Some some really good man. The Bucks looked so good last night. And Giannis in particular looked <clears throat> even better, more improved. He was shooting the free throws faster. His jump shot looked really good, and that may just be like a one-night thing where his jump shot's really, right, yeah. really going. But he looked like the MVP. He looked like the best player. He was amazing. Yeah, it was. Uh, there's an element to it where it's like, are we doing with Giannis right now what we did to Devin Booker last year where it's like, it it feels like there is a segment of the NBA population who hasn't who didn't watch a ton of Bucks games mm-hmm. over these last few years, and isn't this the guy who won back to back MVPs? Like, hasn't he been this great for a while? But now it like something about it feels different because he won that ring, where we're now starting to appreciate all of the great things he does. 
way more than we did previously because now it feels real to us. Now it's like, okay, now we've, we know for a fact that this guy, the way he plays, all of his great skills actually translates into winning. And so now we can fully accept him in the way that we fully accepted Dirk after 2011. Yeah. It just like puts you into a different tier when you, when you watch these players now. And yeah, I felt the same way. It was like watching Giannis in a totally new light, even though he's been this great player for a long time. Yeah, but to me, it wasn't... He Giannis didn't look like the best player against the Nets last year in that series. Like it was I guess clearly, that's true. He's clearly Kevin. Yeah, and, and to be fair, like all the preseason rankings, most of them had Kevin Durant number one still. Yeah, and that will probably still look like that maybe in a few weeks. But I will say on night one, Giannis looked... He looked better on both ends than Kevin did. And not like Kevin was bad. Like obviously Kevin was really good. But yeah, I would say that Giannis just stuck out more aesthetically as a guy that was he was just dominant. Yeah, and they, you know, Jordan Nawara, who um, I'm so thankful because I almost tweeted something negative about Jordan Nawara <laughs> in the first half because I thought he was terrible. Like he, I, especially defensively, like he he was just getting lost. He didn't look like he knew what he was doing on the defensive side. Yeah, and he he wasn't hitting his shots, and then. There was that three that he hit probably sometime in the third quarter. And then after that, he was just like amazing. Mm -hmm. And then I thought Grayson Allen looked really good. He was good. George Hill didn't. I mean, he kind of like I don't think he looked as good as he did when he played for the Thunder. So that's still like a work in progress. We'll see how much he has left in the tank. But it does feel because they they still have guys out like Dante DiVincenzo's out. Drew Holiday went out early. Yep. But it, it felt they felt deeper in a real way than they have in previous years. Yeah, to, when I saw Drew go down, I was like, oh, okay, well, it's probably going to be the Nets to take. And the Nets, the Nets, there's just spots in the rotation where you're like, oh, like I don't know that this Lamarcus Aldridge thing is going to really work out for them. <laughs> you know? Like, no, that that seemed. Yeah, I mean, maybe if they're playing the Lakers, just. Another old guy, like probably no, no issues there. But yeah, right. coming coming out of that game is like they need another big man. They need something yeah. else down low. And it's funny, and they've got like Paul Millsap, Lamarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin. Like Blake didn't look great last night either. And yeah, like, there's a world where those three you get to December, and those you look at those three, and you're like, yeah, probably not big minute guys anymore. Uh, uh, yes, I agree. At the same time, like that was the best team they're probably going to play for the foreseeable future. They're going to rack up wins against all these terrible teams. So I'm still feeling good. We both took the over, which they had the yeah. highest over under. I'm still feeling fine about that. Mm-hmm. But I I do think you can make the argument like after watching that game last night, maybe they don't need Kyrie for the regular season, but that obviously would have dramatically changed that game last night mm-hmm. having Kyrie on the floor in addition to Harden and KD. Yeah. Also making free throws would have helped. They were they shot almost the same percentage from 3 as they did from the free throw line last night. 56% Ooh, that's to, cool. to 53%. And I, I don't know. I mean they shot 53% from 3. They hit 17 threes. <laughs> you know, Patty Mills was like unstoppable from beyond. He was 7 to 7. I mean like they played a they played a good game. Like they got good stuff from a lot of guys, and the Bucks just looked better. And that doesn't mean the Bucks are better. That doesn't mean the Bucks are going to win the whole thing. But 
just in one night, it's like, huh, okay. Like, I don't understand why Bruce Brown didn't play because their defense was a mess. And you thought, well, if anybody could help, it would probably be Bruce Brown. But they went with James yeah. Johnson instead, maybe probably just because he's bigger. But still, it was there were just some confusing things about about that Nets squad last night. I'm uh I'm <laughs> you mentioned that they almost shot the same from three point percentage that they did from the line. So now I'm on Stathead and I'm trying to find out <laughs> no. if there is a player in NBA history who has shot it really well from three point percentage and shot it terribly from the line. Bruce Bowen? And, uh here's here's some here's some yes, Bruce Bowen, 2004-2005 shot 40% from 3 and he shot where's the free throw percentage? Oh, he shot 63% mm-hmm. from the line. Wow. Yep. Oh, you know who's on track right now? Carmelo after last night. <laughs> On a pace. Shoot, shooting exactly 50% from both the line and the three-point line. Wow. wow. RJ Hunter. RJ Hunter RJ did it. RJ Hunter. Wow. Wow. Headcase Hunter. Man, that's wild. Oh, Earl Watson. Oh, really? Yeah, 2005, <laughs> 2006. That's a weird one. Earl yeah. Watson. Patrick Beverly, Al Harrington, Chandler Parsons, Mike Bibby, Omri Caspi. A lot of good names in here. Hito. Wow. Okay. Hito. Wow. Uh, okay, let's move on to the second game of the night, which is uh, more Thunder adjacent than the other than the other game. The Lakers yes. lose to the Warriors in night one, and I would say the Lakers are just a fascinating team to watch. Honestly, like I, I enjoyed almost every single minute of that game. Just. I don't really know what to think of them. I think it's going to take some time. They looked really clunky for the most part on the offensive end outside of Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And I know they're missing guys. I mean, missing Taylor Horton Tucker is a pretty big deal. Ariza, less of a big deal. Because I don't... Like, who's better, Kent Bazemore or Trevor Ariza? Like, I think the answer is who cares. Uh, but... The most fascinating thing is the Russell Westbrook element, right? Like, we knew that Anthony Davis yeah. and LeBron James could do their thing, and it was all about what does Russell Westbrook look like on the court with them? Is he going to, you know, play off ball? Is he going to set screens? Is he going to be cutting to the rim? And he struggled, like, straight up just struggled. Didn't really seem like he knew what to do or where to go or how to play with these guys yet. And he was missing shots that he's gonna make. Like he missed a shot at the rim that just kind of like toilet bowled out. You know, it was there was just lots of like little moments where I was like, okay, like that's unsustainably bad for Russ. Um, he took four threes. Probably needs to be more of Rockets Russ when it comes to to that. Uh, but overall, looked pretty pretty terrible. Yeah, uh, I mean, even if you even if you were someone who disliked Russell Westbrook. What are the things that he does good offensively that like we would all agree on? Haters and lovers alike, what would they agree on? Well, he's still a very good playmaker. Yeah. And there were so few moments last night where he brought the ball up the court mm-hmm. and initiated the offense. It was usually LeBron, but there were even times when Rondo was on the court and Rondo was the one bringing up the ball. I was going to say the Rondo fit is even 
is even more perplexing. Like, like it, wouldn't it be yeah. better if they had like some kind of spot up shooter in that role? Like now, now it feels like they have too many guys to handle the ball. Yeah, like talking going back to the Bucks, like you would much rather have old guy George Hill than old guy Rondo for this particular Lakers team. Yeah, no just doubt. someone who doesn't really need the ball, even though he technically could play like some point guard for you. And so what happens is Russ on like, I would say 80% of these offensive plays, he's in the corner, like Andre Robertson, <laughs> like hands on his knees, just like hanging out, like actually like not even hanging out. He's just standing there. He could yeah. be frozen in time, <laughs> not moving. The defense now, doesn't there were, care. I mean, it's defense doesn't care. Wild. And there were there were a few times where they did what the Wizards did, where they did what Houston did, which is you know you have Harden, you have Beal bringing up the ball. They pass to Russ, who looks like he's not doing anything out of three point line, and all of a sudden he just bursts mm-hmm. to the rim, mm-hmm. and that play can work. And I do think that is going to have to be more of what he does. Yeah, but it's different because you know on that Rockets team that worked because they didn't have Clint Capella yeah. and. They they had made the trade and it worked in for the Wizards because their center starting center had gotten hurt. Like last night, if that's really going to be their starting lineup, that like on the one hand, AD was playing far away from the basket, like mm-hmm. in a in a good way. But if DeAndre Jordan's going to be there, like that that type of play to get Russ going is going to be much harder to do. And so, yeah, it just looks super clunky and it doesn't seem to be putting Russ in a position to succeed or do what he does best while at the same time acknowledging that, you know what, LeBron's probably better. Like you'd rather have the ball in LeBron's hands, but the trade-off there is like significant because Russ is giving you close to nothing off ball on so many of those offensive possessions where at least when LeBron is off ball, you feel like that's going to be a threat, even if he's standing there. Yeah. Because like the shot was falling for LeBron last night. Yeah. Which just like begs the question, like what, like go through the thought process of Buddy Heald versus Russ, you know? Yeah. Well, like, what do you want with a LeBron James team? It's not like we haven't seen it for the last 18 years, what you need next to LeBron. And every year it's like, oh, man, they get through half the season. Like, man, they could really use some more shooting. Like, every single year, Cavs, Lakers, doesn't matter who it is, Heat. Every year it's like, man, like, they just need one more shooter. They just need to go get a shooter. Why not? You had the guy who's going, who might take the most threes in the NBA if he plays with LeBron. And is going to make in the forty. He's going to make in the forties. Like that's what he does. Yeah. And like instead of Russ standing in the corner with his hands on his knees, you have Buddy Heald there and somebody glued to him, and you open up the lanes. And um, I just I thought that from the beginning, like it just made more sense to bring in Buddy Heald. And it's not like oh Russ is toast. Like Russ will never play again. Blah blah blah. I just don't love the fit. Just just the overall fit has always been kind of clunky. I'm. I still think that they're going to be better than they were last night. And I think when, when they get their role players back, they're going to make some trades. Like I, I find it hard to believe that it's going to be Mello, Dwight Howard, Rondo, Avery Bradley off the bench for them all season. You know? Yeah. It's, it's a bad fit for the Lakers, but it's also a bad fit for Russ because no on the few, no on the few plays where he was able to drive and kick, it's like he's, there was a play where he kicked it out to Rondo 
It's like, yeah, I get that he's shot it better from three, but like this is not ideal. Or even kicking it to LeBron, who mm-hmm. like had a good shooting night last night, but is traditionally not thought of like this knockdown three point shooter. Like, who is he kicking it out to? And when Taylor Horton Tucker gets back, like what you're kicking it out to him? Yeah. Like there are just so few options, even compared to last year with the Wizards. I mean, they had Bertons, they had Garrison Matthews, they had Bradley Beal. Like mm-hmm. they had legit shooting options for Westbrook to kick out to. And with this team, it's just like who, like Anthony Davis. He shoots like thirty to thirty three percent from three at best. Yeah, I so it's yeah I agree. It's a bad fit for Russell too. I also just don't know what Russ looks like as like a, a with like median usage. You know, like how does like how is he impactful if his usage rate is like closer to twenty percent? You know. Yeah, there there's. You you could squint and tell yourself, ooh, maybe we'll get Olympic Russ, you yeah. know, because Russ, when he went to the Olympics with those guys, he wasn't the main guy, and he still was very valuable to that team, yeah. but he was also so much younger and could just, he, I mean, he could just be chaotic on the floor for every single minute he was on the floor, mm-hmm. and he he's just not going to be able to sustain that over an 82-game season. Yeah. Now, I will say... There were things last night that I saw from Russ that I was like, okay, like that's going to be so, so helpful to them. Like the offensive rebound, like tips, he, I guess he only had one, but it seemed like he had more to me. But just like getting into, like mixing it up and getting rebounds and stuff like that is going to be helpful to the Lakers. And if they just give him the ball a little bit more and just like cut this Rondo stuff out, like I think that they they could benefit from that. Uh just giving Russ just a little bit more. Uh, but again, right. like you need shooting for that to be impactful. And it's funny, like every year it's like, what do we need around Russ? More shooting. What do we need around LeBron? More shooting. What are the Lakers doing? Collecting old all-stars. <laughs> you know? Like- yeah. It, it reminds me of that team, the Bulls team, when they got Dwayne Wade. And oh, they also yeah. had Rondo. Yeah. Where it was like just from the jump, you're like, this doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. I get these guys are big names, but like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, the Warriors side, they looked okay. Like, they looked pretty good. They got some good production off the bench, which was good, like the main concern. Like, Andre Godala looked pretty good. Like, that was... Like that's a pretty big deal for them if he can continue to look like that. Uh, Bielitsa looks awesome for them. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, not only looked awesome, but also looked like David Lee. Like I was got exactly. multiple like texts David and it, it was like weird. Like like the set. Wait a minute. Uh, he looked great, man. He looked really good. Shot the ball well, was facilitating. That was a really interesting storyline from the preseason with the Warriors was that like Draymond Green said in like a post-practice scrum that like that he didn't know that Bielitsa could do all that stuff with the ball. And I yeah. I think everybody that has watched Bielitsa his whole career is like, I didn't know that either. Didn't know that he was capable of that. Uh, but he like brought the ball up for the Warriors on several occasions and was facilitating a ton. I mean, he finished with 15, 11, and 4 uh, on 6 of 7 from the field. It was just kind of strange because you saw him with the Heat last year, and you were like, oh, man, that guy might be toast. Like that, This might be it for yeah. Anya. 
but he looked he looked great. The Warriors really have kind of unlocked some stuff with him. And, and, and yeah, he 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 did have some good years in Sacramento because I remember yeah, sure. Bielitsa, you know, being a, a fantasy basketball guy mm-hmm. because he was that nice combo of like getting you some boards and also hitting threes. Um, but yeah, he he looks like a completely different player because it did seem like he was on his way out of the league. Mm-hmm. And it's only one game, but he looks great. And it was really a tale of two halves for that Warriors team because of the first half, like Boy. Jordan Poole didn't didn't look great. Mm-mm. And it, it, it felt like, oh my gosh, if Steph doesn't have a good game, like how is this team going to win? <laughs> and then the second half, they did exactly that because Steph yeah. never really got going. And yet they were still able to win relatively comfortably too. Yeah. Yeah, by the end, it, it was pretty clear that they were going to win. They had a great fourth quarter. They beat the the Lakers 38-29 in the fourth. They were they looked pretty good. And you add Clay to that mix, and you, I don't know if you move Poole to the bench as like your six-man weapon or what, whatever you do, like that's that will help. So, so far so good for the Warriors. Uh, okay, Al, right after this quick break, we're going to come back and we're going to do Thunder preseason superlatives. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. And we're back from that quick break. We are going to talk about this Thunder team and give some preseason superlatives. So, Al, our first one is the prospect with the most potential in the preseason. Thoughts? I mean, I mean, it's it's not even a competition, Andrew. Okay. Why even bother having the award? I say, just give it to, just name it after him. Call it the Josh Giddy Award. Woo! Have, okay. have, have we have we ever had a prospect in Thunder history who's who's gotten us this excited? Wow! In preseason, I mean, I, I'm counting on no one having memory of preseason games, yeah. So that they can't say. they can't even <laughs> combat me. They can't even argue with me because why would rookie, you remember that rookie year? So we didn't get Kevin Durant's yeah. rookie preseason. We did not. We got Russell's. It, but the thing was, because Giddy did not play in Summer League, the excitement that we got in the preseason was going to be higher than an average player because yeah. even if Russ had been great in Summer League and then was great in preseason or whatever, we saw flashes, It would have we, we would have felt about the same. Mm-hmm. What about James so, yes. Harden? Do you have a recollection of James Harden's preseason? Uh, not at all. 
Yeah. I remember his draft night, and that is all I remember. Yeah. Um, I was at the student union in the University of Oklahoma, Andrew, <laughs> by myself. In the for the draft, you were. Yeah, for that draft. Oh, uh, I was at Buffalo Wild Wings with Dane and Dusty and. Oh damn, dude! Thanks for the invite. Uh, sorry, dude. Um, I probably had some late night studying at the library. Probably so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think. I mean, Giddy. Man, he was really good. He was really, really good in the preseason. He looked great. And like other candidates, like it's, I think it's hard to watch him and Poku, Poku play and say it's Poku. I think before the preseason, I think we would probably would have picked Poku, don't you think? Possibly, without having seen Giddy at all. Now, yeah. uh, Hoopstock69 in the chat, he, he throws in a vote for Trey Mann. Ooh, you know Trey Mann looked a lot better in that last game like it looked way more comfortable he was actually getting to that step back like you'd want him to he's he was starting to to get it and that was good to see because there was just a lot of there were just a lot of things with him at first that you were just like oh man like where is that and obviously like we just want to see it all like right away but you know it takes time Um, right but yeah, he looked good. I was I was impressed. He had some really nice moments. Um, so like Trey Mann's a candidate, Poku's a, a candidate still, uh, even though he had a like crazy up and down preseason, which will probably be the case for his entire season. Would be my guess is that we'll have high highs and low lows with Poku, just because that's that's where he is right now. And hopefully, he's really what we want to see from him is just consistency and. You know, I I think we're still a little bit of ways away from seeing that from him. Uh, but yeah, that's probably it. And unless you still want to consider SGA a prospect, I think maybe some people around the NBA would. Mm, yeah. um, Dort, you think you can Dort. see some more from Dort? Uh, Frank Terman in the chat says Aaron Wiggins. Okay, big Wiggins guy. I actually <laughs> actually liked what I saw from him. I mean, I don't. I think that I don't think that we'd consider him for this, but. I actually really liked almost everything I saw from him. I'm a, I I think he deserves at least some run this season. Uh, I sure, but this is prospect with the most potential, Andrew. Okay, we we are now at the stage of like the MVP discussion. Do they deserve a seat at the table? Yeah, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's Josh. It's this one it's is Josh. Josh. It's Josh, and his. This season, like how highly we think of him will hinge on what his shot looks like. Like, what does his shot look like over 82 games? Yeah, for sure. That's so big. I'm very interested to see that. Okay, the second one. The future Nick Collison. Who is future Nick Collison on this roster? I, I, I believe that there will be a player on this roster that 10 years down the line will still be here, will be a Thunder fan favorite, and you think about Nick, like Nick is, if if Nick bounced around the league, I think we talked about this, like Patrick Patterson or somebody like that, like nobody really cares, right? Like it's just like whatever. Um, but because he stayed here, he was loyal, everybody loved him, loved the way he played, that he, I mean, he has his jersey in the rafters, you know, that doesn't happen 
probably yeah. anywhere else. So who is our future Nick Collison? I believe that there's a player on this roster that will be our future Nick Collison. I mean, I, I could see a lot of people immediately going to Mike Muscala for obvious reasons. Yeah. But that would not be my choice because uh, key point about Nick Collison, he was here a decade yeah. Muscala is only entering his third season. I feel pretty confident he will not be getting anywhere close to a decade with the Thunder. Yeah. In which case, I think the obvious choice is Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Yeah. That seems because he, he's got the personality, it seems. He's a glue guy. Yeah. And uh and you know, you could go with a Kenny Hustle, but again, is he really gonna be here for the next Seven years? Possible. But I think that's possible. I think that it is very possible. Uh JRE fits that role well just because they play he plays the same position as Nick. And it's hmm. e- easier to uh to profile that. But I'm gonna go with Kenny Hustle. There's just something about this guy that everybody loves. And the thing about him that's similar to Nick is that he Nick was a little bit older than the rest of the group. Whenever they came to OKC. So Kenny Hustle is just a few years older than these guys, too. He really helps like set a professional tone for these guys. And I don't know, man. I th- I think that there's a chance that he hangs around and like I can I mean I could see him being a helpful player for a really long time. Uh not that Jerry is not. Um but th- the thing about Nick was that he was kind of a leader from day one. And I can kind of see that with, I mean, it's obviously happening with Kenny Hustle too. So this also requires them getting their jersey retired. So this is a high bar to clear. It's a high bar. I could, (laughs) I mean, just the, I mean, just the way that guys light up when they talk about him is enough for me to think, okay, like he's, if he feels like the guy, you know, and they had, they would, they had a chance to trade him at the deadline. You know, yeah, or even in over the summer, you don't think teams were calling about about him? Of course, like teams want Kenrich Williams. Kenrich Williams, I mean, like Kenrich Williams would have really helped the Lakers last night. You know, he could have, you know, really helped the Nets. Like he could be in the rotation for these guys. He's big enough to guard lots of positions. He hits shots. He's gritty. He's like, character wise. Like there's very few guys that are better than him. So yeah. Uh, and it's an incredible story. Like his, like just his story from high school to the NBA is one of the more unique stories amongst these guys. So, yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big Kenny Hustle guy. Uh, okay, number three, most overrated by the fan base, Al. I mean, it's got, it has to be Poku. Yeah, and and we have been we have been encouraged along this path by mm-hmm. some in the national media. Mm-hmm. But uh, obviously, he has the flashes. We we all see the flashes, and those flashes are going to take us a long way. We are going to believe in this guy for a long time, mm-hmm. as long as he is doing plays like he had in that final preseason game. Uh, but the what? idea, the idea that I think most most Thunder fans believe this that he is like a core piece going forward is mm-hmm. is a very big jump to make, and it's actually should make you feel worse about the Thunder's future if you really consider... <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, if, if you consider, like, we have to hit on Poku because he is a part of our core going forward. Like, you've already baked that in mm-hmm. to your projection of this team going forward. It's going to go bad for you. Like, th- that could happen. 
but that is not the most likely outcome here. And so uh, he has to be like the most overrated. Yeah. Among the Thunder fan base. Yeah. As much, I, and I like him. And I like him. Yeah. I, I like, like him, him a lot. Too. Yeah. I like he's him. a blast. Yeah. He's, he's great. He's, he's very fun. I mean, I'm trying to think of who else would even be a candidate here. I mean, there's there's players I individually overrate. Like I probably overrate Ty Jerome um, oh, yeah. in terms of his impact. But Same. in terms of like fan base wide, it has to be Poku. I mean, when you when you become like memeified in the way that Poku has been, yeah. it's very hard to like bring that back. Yeah, ba- Basley maybe another candidate. Mm, no. Yeah. I feel like the this fan base is well, actually we'll we'll get to uh, he might be a good candidate going forward, Andrew, for a future ooh, superlative. Ooh, okay. Yeah, it's it's Poku. It's just too the thing about him is is that he's like 50% player, 50% imagination, right? Be- yeah, be- for sure. Be- because of his skill set and his size, you just it's easy to let your imagination run wild about him. And, and because he's on a team where he's actually getting minutes. If he was drafted by yeah. any other team, we would probably not seen a minute of NBA basketball. We would see we would see lots of G League stuff. Yes, from him. And I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll see some G League stuff from him this year. I don't think we will, but who knows? Uh, yeah, I think I think it's the right choice. Uh, unfortunately, okay. Number four, the most underrated by the fan base al i mean so there are two players that i'm thinking of that have uh big fans within the fan base but i would mm-hmm. say it's not the dominant opinion and that would be isaiah roby or darius Baisley. i think okay. uh there are definitely segments of the fan base who really believes in those guys in a big way and but the general consensus isn't as strong for those guys so if i was going yeah. to pick one, I guess I would pick Isaiah Roby. Okay. As most underrated. <laughs> okay. Um, because frankly, last year, like, didn't even rate him. Was yeah. was was I would have put the odds at greater than 50% that he wouldn't even be on the roster this year. Sure. Like last last season. Uh-huh. So that's pretty easy bar to clear for him <laughs> <laughs> at this point. So yeah. I, that seems that seems like I had way underrated him because now mm-hmm. it kind of feels like oh I mean Roby might be here a little while now yeah um, Baisley I still like feel more confident in my projection of him whereas Isaiah Roby I feel like I'm starting to be like turned okay yeah I think Ty Jerome might be a little bit underrated just because I think he can really really shoot it and he's just somebody that's not really talked about a whole lot. For this team, and I think to me, if if this team were trying to get to the play-in, let's say they were like shifting the rotations around, trying to figure out like what combination of players could help get us to the play-in, I think Tydrome would be in the rotation. Uh, I think that's true. I would love to see him on another team just to see how real this is, because mm-hmm. uh, you know I've been sky high on Tydrome. Until uh, John Hollinger had a, his first negative tweet about Ty Jerome in the last few weeks. He was, he, you know, just an offhand remark watching a preseason game like, oh, maybe Ty Jerome just isn't quick enough for this league. It was like the yeah. – and John Hollinger is president of the Ty Jerome fan club. So when he tweeted that, I was like, oh, like my, yeah. my world just shut down. It's like John Hollinger's turning on him. Yeah, I saw that. 
Hollinger uh, clearly thunder negativity going on in the uh, the Hollinger brain. You know. Well, yeah. If you only watch that one game, I could understand why you would be so negative on the scene. Well, the Bucks yeah. game, I guess that was. Yeah, that's. I think that's where a lot of all the thunder negativity is coming from. Is that it was on national television, and they looked like barely an NBA team. Yes, it was. It was really bad. That was a. That was one of the worst performances I've seen, and I've seen. I watched all of last season. <laughs> you know, part part of it was that they had their guys, and they still looked really bad. You yeah, know? and like we saw the Bucks last night, like easily handle James Harden and Kevin Durant too. So I mean, that's a part of it as well. Is that like so that might explain why they were able to uh, do so well against Ty Jerome? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay uh number five the player that contender fans fan bases put into the trade machine the most so who is who is the object of other teams affection when it comes to like fan bases and who other teams want to want to get from this team so i'm gonna it's gonna be a boring answer but i'm gonna spin it into something interesting it's shay but the interesting part of this is the deandre ayton story So, uh, Sam Amick did an interview with James Jones Mm -hmm. on, on the athletic about them not signing him to extension, which that, that in and of itself is just like so bizarre to me. Can you imagine Sam Presti just voluntarily giving a giant interview to the athletic just because they didn't sign someone to an extension? Like, like imagine Sam no. Presti doing a huge interview with like ESPN after the Harden trade. Like that would have just been and like going through all his thoughts about it. Bizarre. Yeah. But it, but it is, yes. One of the details bizarre, that yes. that came out in that piece was that one of the reasons they may not have wanted to give him the 5-year designated player extension is because you can only have two of those players on your roster. So if right. they theoretically wanted to add a third young player to this Suns core going forward, it couldn't be someone like Carl Anthony Towns or it couldn't be like someone like Shea Gilgis Alexander or De'Aaron Fox. And if you go through the comments, it's all Suns fans being like, well, I guess they're going after Fox or SGA. So that's why SGA is a player that's going to be put into a, a ton of, of trade machine. <laughs> and especially like the Thunder are going to be bad this year. And as they, if if it really gets bad, like if if they're hitting like John Hollinger projection levels bad, yeah. like that's all anyone's going to be talking about yeah. from other fan base because because they're going to feel like oh we can just get him, we can save him. Yeah, you can just you just get him when when yeah. the other team's bad. You just they just give them away. They probably just want more picks, you know. Yeah, they they probably just want more picks. <laughs> just give them some more picks. The true James Harden, you know, like they didn't God. want him. Um. Yeah, it's that's a hilarious thing from the Suns' standpoint, though. Like they just made the NBA Finals, and no, oh, yeah. we don't want to give the guy that helped us get there the whole thing because we might be able to get somebody. Like, is this them? Is this them saying like they would like to get into the Ben Simmons conversation? If so, like, what are you trading? I mean, it would have to be something like Mikael Bridges. Which and you can't hey, trade he, him for a while. You can't. Once a sixer, uh, I 
I, I'm less like uh, doomsday on this whole Aiton story because yeah. based on that interview, he did say like we were perfectly willing to give him a four-year max. If they're willing to do that, then there's obvi- then any of these ideas we have about Aiton moving to another team at some point yeah, in the future yeah. is not happening. Because yeah. if they're willing to do the four-year max, well, that's the best another team can offer. So they're going to match that. Yeah, you just have to hope he doesn't sign like a three-year deal with somebody else or something like that. You know, right. That, that you're trying to way. avoid the Gordon Hayward situation, but even then, he's still going to be on this team for another four years, including this year. Mm-hmm. So, like, even if you're one of these Thunder fans, like, why don't we go get Aiton? It's like, okay, we'll check back in like 2027 at the earliest. Yeah. yeah or whenever yeah. that is. Yeah. They're yeah, the Thunder are not getting DeAndre Aiden. Aiden is likely not going anywhere. Restricted free agents typically don't go anywhere. They're Maybe he had. Maybe they have a really bad season. Things fall apart. Chris Paul gets hurt. He Aiton's still mad. They make like the eighth seed get bounced in round one. Then like perhaps you could see a window where it's like okay, like maybe maybe he's like get me get me out of here. Like you need to trade me. You know like that's not yeah. It's not out of the conversation. But like also if you're the Thunder, like does Aiton take you where you want to go? It would be my question. And it all depends on, like, let's, if they, let's say they get bad luck again in the lottery and they get like the fourth pick or something like that. And it's a three player draft, <laughs> you know? Right. Like, is DeAndre Ayton going to be the one to deliver you to the top again? Like, I think the answer is no. I mean, he was the third best player on some nights, the fourth best player on a title team. Like, do you have three or, f- you know, do you have two or three guys that you're certain are going to be better than him? Yeah, I mean, go read some of the stories from last season about how much it took from Chris Paul and Devin Booker, like t- getting him away from video games and to like focus on being a really good NBA player and being like the best he could be. And that's great that it happened and it got him super far. But like that was one year. Chris Paul's not going to be here forever. Like, I'm okay with the idea of like forcing him to prove it for one season because they can always give him the max in the future. Yeah. And, you know, the the Sarver is cheap argument works a lot better if they didn't just give like a huge deal to Chris Paul, a huge deal to Mikhail Bridges, <laughs> a huge deal for some reason to Landry Schmidt. Yeah. Uh, like an, another deal to campaign. Like they're spending money and they're going to be in the tax in the future. Yeah. I think I can't tell if this DPE thing is actually the reason they didn't want to go five years or if it's just yeah. an excuse they're making like in the rearview mirror but it's it it's something that at least their fan base can talk themselves into because it's mm-hmm. it gives you hope like oh we're gonna go get a young star to add to this core no you're just most likely going to sign deandre into whatever he wants next summer if things right. go well this is what will happen like if they made it back to the finals again like you have to sign him to whatever he wants yeah, you, know. you do. And and uh, and they should. Like I'm not saying that they shouldn't that, that that what they did was right. Like yeah, just give him the mm-hmm. 5-year deal because you can always trade him if you really don't like him for whatever reason. But also with the cap going up, like those final couple of years once this new CBA kicks in, it'll probably be like a cheap deal mm-hmm. for for a player of his caliber. So mm-hmm. they were dumb, but I also feel like the reaction to it has been a little yeah. a little overreaction. Yeah. Uh, I think the players Lou Dort. I think that there's a lot of fan bases that could see themselves 
having Dort either as a starter or coming off the bench. And we've seen him just be really helpful to a winning team in his rookie season, you know, um, like that. I, I just think he's going to, he's too helpful. His salary is really low. I mean, a lot of teams could just kind of just take him and give, you know, something very little back. Uh, and teams probably think like, oh, we can get him for a first rounder. And I bet he would just be thrown into the trade machine just a ton, just because I think he's a helpful, a helpful player from point of attack on defense. I think he's going to make enough threes that convince you that like he could be a guy on a championship level team, like your, you know, fourth starter or whatever. And he doesn't make any money. Like like a yeah. player like Marcus Smart, you you would tell yourself the same thing. But it's like, well, we have to find a huge matching salary to be even able to think about this. Yep. Whereas for most teams, they could literally just send OKC a pick or two yeah. and just yeah. take Lou Dort. Yeah, it would be very, very easy. Uh, my three-year-old's yelling about something. I don't know. I think he's yelling at the blender. Um, oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay next one the moses brown award the young player that will most uh split the fan base wow who will this be al um yeah this i mean last year with moses brown definitely there were fans on these extremes of the spectrum the moses brown spectrum there were people who legitimately believed he was the future starting center of the thunder showing hey look at these stats historically no one's ever done this so that must mean xyz Mm -hmm. and then there were people uh like jay i feel like from the very beginning who was never buying it never thought it was real and so that that's the type of player i'm looking for and this year i mean i guess i would say basely i think i mean yeah that already feels like it's it's in place um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if any. I don't think anyone's as low on Baisley as some of us were low on Moses Brown. Yeah, it, it's not like he doesn't deserve to be in the NBA. No, he's a starting <laughs> right. level center. You know, right? But, but I there think, is a I huge the, chasm. Yeah, the division will be. They should trade him, or there's no way they should trade him. You know, it's right. He's he's he part of the core. An, obviously, yeah. he deserves an extension versus. Like he needs to be traded because he shouldn't. He's taking up minutes that uh, are one of our, you know, future picks will need or whatever. Yeah, and like we need to recoup value because it's clear that he is not part of the long term future. Like if yeah. some if some other team believes him. So yeah, I definitely think Baisley is going to be a lightning rod this season, Andrew. Every game, you know, if he has an O for five game from three, that the trade calls will start coming in. It's very possible. It's very, very possible. Uh, Gabriel Deck, you think he's device? Uh, no. I mean, he he probably is, but I still feel like like I, I don't even I don't even feel strongly about it. I'm more just confused. So it's not even like I'm at yeah. one end of the spectrum. Yeah, I'm trying to think who else would be divisive. Uh, maybe favors. Maybe even people will lo- just fall <laughs> no. in love with giant Dort. Yeah, I mean, you know who it could be? It could be Poku because Ooh. there's there's so much built-up goodwill yeah. with the majority of the fan base. If he comes out and has a bad season, yeah. I could see that splitting the fan base into we need yeah. to give up on this guy, move on, versus yeah. 
no, he's still 19 or whatever. We, <laughs> what are you talking about? He's somehow still a teenager. Leave him <laughs> yeah. alone. Yeah, I could see that. I do, I do love the giant Dort stuff with Derek Favors. It was wasn't it weird? Is it weird to you? Am I overly obsessed with it? You know, I don't know. I mean, they. They had, I mean, the thing that made it look the same is that they had the same accessories. Like they had the, the headband and they had the same arm sleeve on the same arm. I know. He Which, by the like way, giant Dort. going back to the Lakers, they had a ton of headbands, but they, they could have had more because we've seen Russ mm-hmm. in a headband. We've also seen Anthony Davis in a headband. Yep. And if those two guys would commit to it, this could be like that Nuggets team back with Carmelo and Kenyon Martin and J.R. Smith where everyone wore a headband and I would love that. I would love an all headband team. I'd love that too. I also love the idea of just trying to find every player in the league that looks like Dort and just bringing them on and maybe run a five Dort lineup. That'd be cool. Find, I mean, or you could do it with uh Bielitsa since he looks like David Lee. Maybe we could find, Ooh, we yeah. could bring David Lee back. David Lee. Some in some out. David Lee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Next one. Yeah, I think it's Baisley. I think it'll be Baisley. I think I think people will want to make a, a decision on him come trade deadline, and there will be some division on Thunder Twitter as to if they should trade him at the deadline or not. So, Yeah, for sure. Uh, next one, number seven, the Bradley Beal Award. The player that the OKC fan base becomes most obsessed with trading for. Uh, so this, I mean, I feel like Towns is probably because there's already oh, yeah. th- there's already a strong Towns contingent on every fan base around the yeah. league. I mean, the Suns fans were obviously talking about him because of the connection with Booker. So it makes sense that if they get off to a rough start, Towns will be like the prized possession of every other fan base, and we they'll, have an they'll all be, center. We and do. Oh my gosh, it's perfect, Andrew. Kentucky guy with SGA. Oh, oh, it fits like a glove. Chris Fisher with the uh, mispronunciation of his name, Carl Anthony Towns. You know, oh, I mean, yeah, there's that'd just be great. There's, there's just a now, lot would, there. That would be fun if we got more hyphenated guys on the team. I'll get behind that. That part start of it, JRE like. next to him. Yes. Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, and Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Carl, Anthony Towns. That would really put Chris Fisher through the ringer having to do that all game. Because there's a there's a world where next season, if they did trade for him, that they all all three of them start. That would be cool. And they're all known by three letter abbreviations. Yep. Cat, Jerry, SGA. That would yep. be cool. I feel like we're talking ourselves into it now. We're becoming one of the trade for cat people. Get cat. Just go get him. Get It'd cat. Easy, Has- hashtag right? get cat. Hashtag get cat. Gabriel Deck plus three first round picks. Is that enough? Who knows? Who knows? Um, uh, Miguel Devella says get naw. Get naw. We could have a starting lineup if we got cat and naw. Right? Oh, no. Andrew is frozen. Am I Andrew. frozen? Now I'm gone. Oh, no. Oh, I'm back. Okay, we're back. I don't know what <sighs> happened. Uh, okay. <sighs> uh, <laughs> all right, next one is the the Hami Award. Hamadou Diallo Award. The young rotation player most likely to be traded. Oh, no. 
Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Andrew. Andrew. Can you guys Andrew. hear me in the chat? Am I freezing gonna, or is it Alex? It's probably me. I'll, I'll, I'll go upstairs. We'll go on a little trip. Okay. We're going to go on a trip. This is why you should be tuning into our YouTube page. You get to see Alex go on a trip. Go on a trip. Cross his home. Going upstairs. Hey, one of, the, one of the guinea pigs, one of the guinea pigs is having trouble eating. She might have a, oh, a dental no. issue, but Ooh, I started no. pulverizing her food and it seems to be helping. Seems to be helping. Oh, a little gui- good. A little guinea pig update for you. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. We're settled down here. If you're on YouTube, you can get to see the guinea pigs. They're, oh. they're, on, they're on my main floor now. <laughs> they they just are. live with me in my living room. <laughs> awesome uh okay the the young player most likely to be traded on this squad al who is it um i will go with ty jerome oh Uh, okay he he still counts as young i think is he 26 yet no he's he's still 24 yeah okay that's young and uh as you mentioned there there is a glut of guards on this team and yeah. you can imagine a scenario where if there's no injuries, it might be hard at some point if they're trying to prioritize Trey Mann's development, that Ty Jerome just doesn't have the minutes. And mm-hmm. he could be someone that would would help another team. I think I would be disappointed in the return. I'll, I'll, I'm already preparing myself now. I would be disappointed. I don't think they'd get a first-round pick for Ty Jerome. But uh, I, I could just imagine a scenario where that happened. Yeah, I could see that. I think it's probably the same answer as before. I think Darius Baisley is probably the guy most likely to be traded. And he's a little bit like Kami where you could see Baisley going to another team and looking good. You know, like that's... Yeah, and then, like and he's also in that same year. He's also in, like, it's he's be going to become extension eligible and all that. Yep, about to get paid by somebody. Yeah. Is it going to be the Thunder is the question. So, yeah, I could see it being... I could see it being him. Uh, yeah. All right. Next one, the Justin Jackson Award. The player most likely to hit a game winner and not be on the team in a year. Let's. Could you imagine a Gabriel Deck game winner, Andrew? No, no, no I could not. <laughs> Would that I be something? Not. A Deck Dagger. A Deck Dagger. Could you imagine a Paul Watson Jr. Uh, no, shot? that. That one seems less believable to me. I don't think really? there's a, No. He can actually shoot it. I know, but like, what, are, what is the scenario? I mean, I guess for all these guys, what is the scenario that they're going to be on the court? But, yeah. uh... Roby? Um, no, I'm sticking with Deck. I'm sticking with Deck. They have some... Okay. He, he's, he's bigger, so mm-hmm. like, if there are some front court injuries, you could see a scenario where he's forced into a bigger role... Okay. What if he hit a turnaround, a Kobe fadeaway, Andrew, <laughs> to win the game? Wouldn't that be something? It would be. It would be jarring. And it uh, and it pushes us from third to fourth in the Tankathon standings. <laughs> we miss out on generational stars oh, because of no. it. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, I mean, we're talking end of the bench type of guy. With this one, um, I guess Favors could hit a little mid ranger. Possible. Not be on the team. I'll go Favors. I'll go with Derek Favors. 
All right, last one. The Sfee Dunk Award. Player who suddenly reveals an unknown skill this season. And even unknown to himself. Because, like, Sfee... I remember asking Sfee about it, you know, halfway through this like his tenure here in OKC is like, man, like you've dunked more here than you have in your entire career all put together. Like what's going on with that? And he's like, just genuinely like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, he didn't know <laughs> yeah. why he was dunking. Um, but yeah, what are your, what are your thoughts on what's an unknown, what's a skill that one of these guys is going to show that we didn't know they had? This, this one's really hard to predict. I mean, it is, it, it's, I mean, if, there's no way you could have predicted that Sfee dunking would have been it. And if you did, you would have been like, that's weird. What a weird prediction to make. You yeah, know? I mean, one's off the top of my head. I'm thinking like if Roby suddenly became good at blocking shots, that okay. that would kind of shock me. Um, yeah. If Teo did something explosive, so if Teo started dunking. Yeah, that would be weird. That would be weird. Um trying to think if there there would be any others i mean that one just came out of the blue for us last year it did this is yeah this is by far the most difficult one just go the most ridiculous one you could think of like that's what you need that's what you need to do right um the, the problem is like we already had an idea of what Sfi could be and what yeah. he was which i guess we we have that for some of these guys mm-hmm. um but yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, we'll find out. It'll be someone. <laughs> someone has to do it. <laughs> I'll say Roby from three. Roby from three becomes a knockdown three-point shooter. Yeah. He's taking he's not taking a lot. He'll take two a game, but he's hitting like 44%. And we're like, whoa. Wow. Roby. Hey, Roby. I gotta get my uh my bold takes in. Yeah, we're having on bold the, predictions pod on, the books. on on Friday. So uh, yeah, I'll get it get get this all out of your system before the Thunder season starts. All right. Well, first of all, I'd like to rework your uh, your rating scale. Okay. Real quick. Oh, the the spicy scale. Yes. So the first is a a bell pepper. Okay. And that should be something that you think has a better than fifty percent chance of happening. Already. Yeah. Like, like why'd is. you even bother bring it up? Yeah. Next would be jalapeno. And that's where it's like 50-50. Like, this could go either way. It yeah. is a, it is bold in some respect, but not really. Habanero is where you feel like there's a less than 25% chance of it happening. Mm-hmm. And then ghost pepper slash Carolina Reaper would be Carolina less Reaper. than 10%. Yeah. But I'm adding a fifth category. And that okay. is drinking gasoline. And this would be... <laughs> A take that, yes, is theoretically possible, uh-huh. but it is less than 1%. So, like, basically not really bold take. So, when someone says, oh, Josh Giddy's going to be an all-star this season. Like, yes, technically, he is eligible for that, but there is no way that is happening. That is not bold. That is crazy. You'd yeah, be crazy yeah. to drink gasoline. Yeah, it is bold. But, yeah. You watched that video that Jay sent us yesterday, the Carolina Reaper video? Oh, I watched so many hot pepper videos. That that guy. Oh yeah, I, I love hot pepper videos. <laughs> I love them. I mean, I love hot ones, but that guy yeah. in that video yeah. who who invented yeah. like a lot of the these Carolina peppers. Reaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's nuts, man. He can just eat them straight. Uh, there's also this guy, this European guy, who mm-hmm. who eats them and is he has very funny reactions. 
he like makes all these weird sounds when he gets like really hot. So yeah, I, I, I'm I'm real big into hot pepper YouTube. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, anyways, I I've come up with three Thunder bolt takes and three NBA bolt takes. Okay. Uh, if you go back and and listen last year, I did very well on my bolt takes, Andrew. So here what we go. Were they? Well, don't ask me. It was okay. like uh, Dort's going to lead the team in three point attempts, which seemed okay. bold at the time, and he mm-hmm. cleared it easily. Easily. Uh, I don't remember the other ones. Okay. Okay. That's okay. here we go. NBA number one. The Memphis Grizzlies hmm. will be a top six seed in the Western Ooh, Conference. That's that's pretty bold. Yeah, top six seed. They'll clear the play-in. Yep. Um, and I I have personally ranked these from least bold to most bold, but it's up to okay. you to decide. Uh, next, I think that's that's like Habanero. Okay. Next, the Charlotte Hornets. Will have a bottom five record in the league in the in the NBA in the NBA bottom wow, there's five a, record. There's some hype around them right now, and I'm squashing s- it right now. Bottom five. That's pretty. That's pretty bold. That's Reaper. I feel like go, that's Reaper bold. Go look at their roster. Their roster is so young, and they yeah. and everyone's making this argument like oh, Kelly Oubre is going to be great for them. Kelly Oubre is <laughs> terrible. What are you talking about? He doesn't make their team better. He's going to be bad. This team is going to be bad. And this comes from the the biggest Ubre lover in the world. Yeah, well, the tables have turned on me and <laughs> Kelly Ubre Jr. So I'm I'm taking I'm way under on the Hornets this year. Bottom five wow. record. Bottom All right. five in the NBA. Yeah, okay. that's right. Wow. Uh, that's Reaper. Next, uh, there's my final league wide bowl take. The first significant player traded this season will be Yusuf Nurkic. Now, mm. this is this is bold because like it, it's kind of like you know it, it, you're picking at random. Like it's going to be someone. Yeah, I'm staking my claim on Yusuf Nurkic. The idea being, they're terrible defensively, and they yeah. cannot risk going through this season and doing what they did in previous seasons. And so if they get off to a bad start, the easiest big piece to trade on that team is Yusuf Nurkic because he's in an expiring year. He did not look as fit in preseason as I had been led to believe. He is like huffing and puffing the entire time, probably because he can't play this defensive scheme. But that's that's the problem. And the reason why I could see them trading Yusuf Nurkic is because you don't have to get back like some amazing starting center. It's not like you have to trade for Cat for this team to be better. You just need mm-hmm. you don't even need a stretch five. You just need a center who is more versatile defensively. And so I think they can actually go and get that player. I don't know who that player will be, but I I have a feeling that they could do something there because Yusuf Nurkic has also had like really weird quotes about the organization over the past year in Portland. Something's off about that situation. And I could just see him being on the chopping block if they get off to a bad start. I think the boldest part of that is just that Yusuf Nurkic is a big name, I guess. Oh, come on. (laughs) Come on. I was actually thinking, who did I think of last night? I thought of a center who makes $10 million a year 
who I thought would be a nice fit for Portland that may be gettable, but of course I can't remember it now. Oh, not Derek Favors. <laughs> that that <laughs> does sound like I was going down that road, but no, it wasn't him. It was someone else. If, I, if it comes to me, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, okay, Thunderbolt predictions. Again, le- less bold to more bold. Number one, Josh Giddy will lead the Thunder in double doubles. Josh Giddy will lead the Thunder hmm. in double doubles. That... I feel like that's a little bell peppery, to be honest. Bell peppery. So you think there's a better f- than fifty percent chance of Josh Giddy leading the Thunder in double doubles? I guess much of my question is like, who else it's going to be? Well, uh, Bays. It could be Bays because he's the highest rebound total. Um, yeah. It could be Shea. I mean, Shea could have a triple double. Thing with Sh- yeah, the thing with Shea is like he's just the likelihood of him getting to ten boards or ten. Assists mm. on a regular basis is just probably more unlikely. Giddy's a good rebounder. I know. That's why, that's why I because you you get it with the rebounds and assists. You get the opportunity. Okay, fine. It's a bell pepper. Fine, but I'm still staking my claim on it. Okay, okay. I, and by the way, I like bell peppers. Okay, yeah. my next one. Hey, do you have thoughts on the all white uniforms? That's something we haven't touched on. Well, from PJ. You know, I had thoughts on the uh, NASCAR uniforms, you yeah. know, d- didn't like them, but then Shay came out and seemed to genuinely love them. Loved them. Which loved made them. me question, oh, am, am I just a 34-year-old white guy and mm-hmm. there's no chance I'm ever going to have a good take on these? Which is why when that jersey came out, I decided, you know what, I'm sitting this one out because what are yeah. the chances that my take on a NBA jersey is going to be the correct one. So I am I am sitting on the I am sitting on the sideline for this one. I'm recognizing my place and we'll see yeah. what happens. You know, I I do not think any jersey really looks good when it is just a flat image like yeah. that. Yeah. It's possible these end up looking cool. It's possible. Yeah. And yeah. I and and after what happened with the NASCAR thing and Shay, I'm just open I'm open to whatever happens. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm of the opinion that you need to see them on them, on the players, before you rush to judgment as yes. well. So I have yes. not even commented on it at all. So Yeah, and if if, you're, if your friends and family don't consider you like a fashion icon, like what are the chances you have the right take on this? <laughs> you know? Okay. Quite quite low. Okay. Continue. Next, two more, two more. These are my Thunderbolt takes. Next one, the Thunder. We'll have one player with a PER greater than 15. One. One player, which, hey, it could be anyone you want. You pick. (laughs) I personally would choose Shea, but you can pick whoever you want. Thunder will have one player with a PER greater than 15. Wow. What was it last year? Uh, There were a couple. I mean, like, big men are typically who gets it. So it's like like Moses. They had a lot. They had eight. Okay, that's so. That's what I'm saying. It's bold. Bell Pepper, then. Oh, I thought of the center. Would Portland be better? <laughs> would Portland be better with Nerlens Noel instead of Yusuf uh, Nurkic? And I know, no. w- honestly, like, what are they now? So you're saying that they're going to be worse than that? They, I think they would be a better team defensively simply because he can do more things defensively than Yusuf Nurkic. He's a way yeah, better rim protector. He can switch. 
Like, you don't need him to do a lot on offense with so many shooters. I mean, they have Dame, CJ, Norm Powell, Robert Covington. Like, they have shooters. Yeah. I would rather can't. have Nerlens on that team than Yusuf Nurkic. He just can't catch at all. He doesn't need to. I mean, you kind of need to. If you're going to be the starting mm-hmm. center, you kind he, of need to be able to He catch. was great last year for the Knicks. Anyways, my final mm-hmm. Thunderbolt take. Mm-hmm. Lou Dort will shoot a better percentage from three than Kenny Hustle, who was the team leader in three-point percentage last year at 44.4%. You're not going too bold on your Thunder takes, Al. How is that not bold? I don't know. I just, I mean, you just look at the history of of Kenny Hustle shooting. It's not hard to see him, you know. Okay, but imagine crashing back down to earth. Okay, okay, okay. But imagine that you weren't as in tune with Kenny Hustle's previous stats, <laughs> and you were just a listener out there. I wish you Andrew. Had... Imagine if you were dumber. No, I was, about to, I was about to say. Imagine you were a down to dunk listener, who I do not think are dumb, and you watched Kenny Hustle on. I was going to say decent volume, but he took, you know, more than three per game. Shot mm-hmm. 44.4%. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that Lou Dort, who shot 10 percentage points lower, 34% is going to do better yeah. than Kenny Hustle. Yeah. I was okay. I'll give you jalapeno. I won't get, I won't go oh full battle. What, what did you give me for the PER one? You think that only one will do it? Yeah, is the is it's bold that no one will do it. Is basically what you're saying. Uh, no, it's just it would be it's a rare thing to happen. So because yeah. fifth, PR fifteen is seen as like a quote unquote average NBA player. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I'm saying that literally only <laughs> one guy on the roster will end the season above That's, that. I mean, it's probably Reaper because like the odds that that actually happens are pretty low. Thank you. Pretty low because I mean you look at the list. Like Gabriel Deck had a 16 per last year. Oh uh, yeah, his obviously very very limited time. Hey hey, Hoopstock 69 said Al going heel and calling us all dumb. I'm not. Andrew did. Andrew did. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Al, do you have a uh, a win total a prediction for total wins that Thunder will have? Uh. What feels good? What feels good? I haven't thought about this yet. Um, I will go 20 wins. Okay. 20 wins. 20. Okay. Well, there it is. All right. Season starts tonight, Al. Tonight. Excited. Very excited. I cannot wait. Hey, if you're also excited about the season and want to see the Thunder play in person, November 15th here in Oklahoma City, it's a Monday night. You can buy a ticket. Go to the Down to Dunks Twitter page. It's our pinned tweet. Click the link. Go buy a ticket. You can sit with everybody uh, that buys a ticket for the Down to Dunk crew. You get a pregame pod at the Tap House across the street from the arena. Uh, it, really, anybody can show up to that uh, as long as there's room. But if you have a ticket, you are guaranteed a spot for the live pod before. Alex will be there. And then after that, we'll go watch a game together. We will get to go on the court together after the game. I, I'm, I'm legitimately excited for that because when I was at OU, I took mm-hmm. multiple gym classes and all I would do the entire class was shoot half-court shots. I spent semesters doing that. So hey. I'm ready. 
Three-step chess pass. Get ready, Andrew. I have my form <laughs> down. I cannot wait. We will... Uh, actually, one of my friends is going to be making a video for this, so you could be a part of this Down to Dunk video. Uh, so there's just a lot to take part in. So November 15th, buy a ticket. You can buy them online. You get a free t- you get a t-shirt, you get a ticket, and you get a spot uh, at, for the Down to Dunk podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me, before the game. And then you get a chance to win some a pretty cool Thunder prize if you make a half-court shot. So be sure to buy your tickets. Get them today, because I think there's very, very few left that will guarantee you all of that. So... Uh, please do that. Hope you guys have a great day. Enjoy the game tonight. And we'll talk to you guys again on Friday. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.